What is going on, Wisconsin sports fans? This is the Cheese Dad Sports Podcast, a podcast about Wisconsin sports, hosted by two dads. My name is Robin. I am the co-owner of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. And, the and I am McQuaid, the other co-owner of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics and the other half of the Cheese Dad Podcast podcast. Yeah, I'm the first half. You interrupted me. On our last episode, we previewed the Packers versus 49ers game and which possession battles we were most excited for. We also previewed the Brewers-Cardinals series and what we had hoped to see. So with the Packers and 49ers game, I was really impressed with several players that thankfully are still on the team. There were some cuts today. We'll talk about those in a little bit, but... uh, one of the players that really stood out to me was Kobe Jones. He was signed originally by the Packers earlier in the spring. He was the 90th man added to the roster, so he was almost like an afterthought. But now after the first round of cuts, he is still on the team. He had a sack, a tackle for loss, and almost another sack against the 49ers. And apparently he's been showing out in – the practices, the joint practices with the Sam, or with the New Orleans Saints. So Kobe Jones really stood out to me. Tyler Goodson was another one that I really, really liked. 61 all-purpose yards. And, you know, I'm just going to say it. I thought Jordan Love played well. What about you, McQuaid? Yeah, I think that you hit on three guys that, that are really suck, took out for the, the Niners game. Um, and he kind of went offense and defense for years i'm gonna go uh kind of the same route i think that um romeo dubs once again showed that he's that he's not a a um you know not a not a fluke i think he's for real for real deal and we'll talk about that even more with his joint practice performance with the new orleans saints uh but then defensive side of the ball isaiah mcduffie had a had a really strong outing um and really made a case for him to be inside linebacker number three possibly challenging Chris Barnes for that spot. Um, but either way, I think that Green Bay has some some unexpected depth at that inside linebacker spot that we may not have otherwise thought about maybe a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, McDuffie really came out of nowhere, didn't he? I mean, he Chris Barnes, you got to wonder about him. I, th- I mean, I think he makes the team. But, like, McDuffie was an afterthought last year, and Chris Barnes was a starter. And now we're talking about Chris Barnes' part possibly being inside linebacker four yeah i mean not only that but you got to think about age and and contract coming up i mean i mean i I don't i think chris barnes still has has a year or two left on his rookie deal but you know isaiah mcduffie if if i'm not mistaken is cheaper younger um and you have two 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 you know hopeful stars at at, at inside linebacker one and two so if they don't want to take four inside linebackers to the 53 it's going to be it's, it's, it's turned into a what seemingly is a is a actual battle for that inside linebacker number three position when last year even though chris barnes had his his ups and downs i mean he had his moments that that showed he could fly and, and i think that that was highlighted by his goal line big hit on the kansas city Chiefs running back in that in that game last year um so you know we'll see i i think that it's going to be it's an unexpected uh position battle yeah I also was really impressed with Amari Rogers in the return game. Yep, hundred percent. He had that fifty-yard kickoff return 
afterwards where Sean Gary laid him out on the sideline, which is really funny. <laughs> but, you know, it was really nice to see from Amari Rogers after a really disappointing rookie season from him. Not only did he not get on the field very much for on offense, he only got eight targets, I think, the entire season. But also, he lost the kickoff return job because he was so inconsistent with, with and, and just made dumb plays. And he had two very nice returns against the 49ers. And you can just tell that his confidence is at an all-time high right now. And I think that's really exciting to see. I think that that's probably the biggest thing with with Amari Rogers, getting his confidence level to where it needs to be, and then and really it 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 really just seems like he needs one um, or two things to go his way, and and it's gonna it's gonna um, really develop for him as soon as he gets you know, and that fifty yard return may may have been it. Um, he gets some confidence about him. He gets a return or two under his belt, and then he does it in real life, you know, real real time scenario. Um, it could really start to be something that 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 he excels at, rather than we just kind of hope there, hope for no mistakes. And then we even brought up the fact that the new jugs machine. If you haven't heard about it, uh, go check out an article on Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Um, the bad, or the excuse me, the Packers have a new machine in town. I think I think the price tag of it was thirty eight thousand dollars, just shy of forty grand for the machine that simulates punts and and even quarterback throws and and the the quarterback referenced in the short video on twitter was um how uh they can simulate a back shoulder throw or a corner throw by kirk cousins by the exact mile per hour and arch angle and all this stuff this jugs machine that they got goes far beyond just uh you know returning punts and and getting good punts for their guys to catch um, and I think it's going to help, going to help a lot with with the return game and, and free agent uh, special teams in general, just being in the very minimum, just being mediocre. But I think they have a chance to be something special. And, and Rich Versace is, is all over that. What I really want to know is who invented that? Like who sat um, down and had the time? Like I'm like, It was some some all I know is some graduates from Northwestern University and and they, they came up with something insane. That is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Well, the Packers lost the preseason game, but who cares? It's preseason. Um, something we can talk about that I will take very hard and personally is that the Brewers dropped the series to the Cardinals. Before we took on the Cardinals, we had talked about how important it was for us to have a have a winning series against them because of the tiebreaker rules now in Major League Baseball. Uh, if we finish the season tied with the Cardinals for the division lead, the tiebreaker is no longer decided by a game 163. It's decided by the best team record against the other opponent. So whoever would have the best record between the Brewers and the Cardinals against each other would win the division and right now we are losing the season series to the Cardinals because we really I mean we had we had a chance to win all three games and we just blew it it was tough yeah it it was it was a real brutal brutal blow to the to the to the series and and 
you know, ever since the all-star break, it just kind of seemed it really not, not even the all-star break. They, so they started off the all-star break hot and then the trades happened. And ever since the trades, just, I don't want to make any assumptions because me and you are in there, but, but it's hard to, it's hard to pinpoint any other single incident other than all of the trades of the trade deadline as to what happened right prior to Milwaukee just spiraling. I think they've lost 10 of their last 14 at this point in time or, or, or something close to that. Um, we're, we're not in a good place. We just dropped two or three to the Cardinals. We're, we're down 0-1 to the, to the red-hot Dodgers who have lost, who have won 80 games on the season. I think now 81 games on the season. Um, they, I think it just went to extras. So it's 3-3 and extras for, for that game right now. And we'll have the update for you as that game finals out during this podcast. But I just, you, you, at this point in time, you're just waiting for a turnaround. And, and if you want to try and bank on, you know, ending the season with the same record as the Cardinals and then getting the tiebreaker, that means you got to take at least three or four in the last series against them, uh, which is not going to be an easy task whatsoever. And, and it um, feels like the Cardinals went out at the trade deadline and targeted players that specifically would give the Brewers fits. I think they added two left-handed pitchers at the deadline. And knowing that the Brewers struggle against left-handed pitching, I mean, I mean we got shut out by uh, the Dodgers' left-handed starter, Orius, last night, Julio Orius. And I don't know why we can't hit left-handed pitching, especially since our offseason transactions before before the season started was to address a hitting against left-handed uh, pitching. We went out and we got Andrew McCutcheon and Hunter Renfro, who have both done very well against lefties in the past and just are not this year. And Keston Hira inexplicably can't hit left-handed pitching either, even though he's a right-handed hitter, but can hit righties extremely well. And for some reason, Craig Council doesn't always play him against righties. I just don't understand it. It's just frustrating. This is a frustrating season so far, which is weird to say because when I was a kid, the Brewers were always out of contention. And here we are in the middle of August talking about how we're in the middle of a race for the division and our fifth straight playoff appearance, which is something I never dreamed would ever happen in my lifetime. So that's where we're at. The Yankees, by the way, have lost five straight series, and they like bought at the deadline and got added a whole bunch of, of talent that you know the Brewers were rumored to be in on. So it's not just Milwaukee. There are other teams that have just struggled since the trade deadline for one reason or another. Yeah, and and I think that is, that is that it's. Again, we can't we can't presume or we can't assume because we're not in the in the locker room. But you know this this Brewers team they're not any different. They're not drastically different than they were before the All Star break. They still have a, a incredible closer. They still have in Devin Williams. They still have a, a you know good bullpen. Still have a great uh, uh, starting rotation with with their starting pitchers. And and it just you know you don't want to you don't want to jump to conclusions. But man, it really feels like their morale, their 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 you know, locker room took a hit with his Josh Hader trade. And, you know, you just hope it, you hope that's not what it is. And you hope that whatever it, it is doesn't linger. But um, this is a talented Brewers team. And they're just, they're not playing anywhere near close to what what they were right prior to the Josh Hader trade. And, and you know, like you said, it's frustrating where we've, we, we've come a long way as an organization. But now once you get to that 
playoff, you know, standpoint, it, it, it hurts just as much to lose heartbreaking playoff series as it does to not even make the playoffs. So wanting to get over that hump is, is, is there and, and, and you want it. And, and when this, these type of things happen, it's just frustrating. Yeah. Still in the 10th inning. Now it's two outs, but they got the lead runner. I really hate that ghost runner that they have where they start with a runner on second and extra innings. It just makes it so difficult. But there are two outs. Dodgers didn't get their lead runner around, but they got two on. So hopefully we can get out of the inning and get our ghost runner home. Because that would be awesome. Yep, yep. We're waiting on it. One right now from them. So, all right. So those are where the Brewers are at. Uh, What we really wanted to focus on today, though, is the first joint practice between the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. So, McQuaid, what was your biggest takeaway from today? This defense is legit. That is my biggest takeaway. It's the first time that we got to see actual ones versus actual ones. And, you know, obviously they can't allow or the, the, the Packers don't allow much video recording at these uh, at these practices. But, um, man, these these from all Twitter updates that, that you know, you can get this defense was flying around and, and it was, it was at all three levels. I think the only touchdown or one of the only touchdowns that the uh, saints offense scored was an Alva, Alvin Kamara touchdown out of the backfield where he re- caught a pass, but he was lined up against Quay Walker. And if, 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 if you're going to line up one of the, one of the best, uh, you know, linebacker, or excuse me, running backs in the NFL against a rookie running back and he beats them for, for a touchdown, I'm not going to be too hard on, on the rookie but besides that, I mean, you had pressure all day long with with Rashawn Gary, Jared Reed's name was called, even Kingsley and Gabare, who's just popped out of nowhere. Uh, he's kind of quiet for a while, but now he's popping every day, consistently getting pressure. They're flying around. Jair Alexander was doing Jair Alexander things against Michael Thomas, completely locking him down. Rasul Douglas was not only uh, locking players down in the secondary, but he was talking a mad amount of, of crap right into the to the to the Saints uh players faces he was letting them have it I heard um that Matt LaFleur was hesitant to do one-on-one drills with the Saints tomorrow because of all the smack talk that Douglas was doing cuz he said that when the smack talk happens t- tempers tend to flare he doesn't want there to be any brawl so I'm I'm going to keep an eye on that tomorrow to see yeah. if they're going to do any one-on-ones because the the trash talking from the Packers defense was was really legit. And you mentioned Kingsley and Igbare, and isn't it interesting how up until the preseason game, no one was really talking about him, but he also had a really good game against the 49ers. He had a sack, and then all of a sudden, he's all anyone is talking about on on Twitter with the defense and and everything like that. So it's just really fascinating. I think he's going to have a really good career. I think that he's going to make the team, and I think he's going to have a really good season. You know, we mentioned it before a couple of times that before the 2021 season, he was a projected first-round pick. The fact that he fell to the fifth round, he could end up being a really big steal for the Green Bay Packers. 
it almost seems like as soon as they started the 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 real drills, the the up against someone in a different jersey and then these joint practices, that's when you start to see him pop and start to see him actually play. And and not to say that he wasn't playing or wasn't trying during during practice, but you know, once it once push comes to shove and it's and it's not a drill and it's not a walkthrough and it's not, you know, this is what we're gonna have you do today type of thing. It's just go out there and just win that this guy is now popping and he, and, he, and he's showing up on the stat sheet. He's showing up. His name is showing up in the backfield. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was incredible the amount of of um, talk that we were seeing from from and 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 then confidence we were seeing from this defense just all day long. And of course, what we're talking about is all through Twitter updates. So we're only getting you know a piece of the pie, but the piece of the pie that we are getting is extremely. Uh, pro of the Packers defense. And then, like you mentioned, that the, the, the trash talk and Matt LaFleur kind of wanting to stay away from it, that's something that's kind of new, right? And and at least new to this year, right? Because we didn't have we didn't hear much of it last year, at least during the season. And I think one of the biggest reasons that why that was is because Jair Alexander wasn't there. Sometimes all it takes is one dude to be that dude, right? And Jair Alexander brings that energy. And all of a sudden now we've now we hear Rasul Douglas talking Rasul Douglas had what four, five interceptions last year. He had wow. he played great ever since he he came to Green Bay. And I don't, I mean, I don't recall a, a single time last year, at least in game, when he went up and and just was John at the other player in their face during the game. Now, granted, that's very easy to get drawn for a flag, so maybe there's a reason behind that. But still, I never pegged him. We we never pegged him for this trash talk John type of player. But Jay Alexander shows up. And what do you know? This defense has just had an attitude about themselves. I feel like this defense has a swagger this year that it did not have for a long time. Swagger and, and confidence, yep. And it could be Jair Alexander, but Rashawn Gary has also stepped up yep. as a leader of the defense, getting into the huddles of the plays that he's not even in the defense and, and inspire them and everything like that. And it really, like, makes me wonder what kind of mental effect the Zadarius Smith situation had on the defense last year. I mean, this is a guy who, for all we know, threw a tantrum because the his teammates did not vote him captain. And there's a lot of conjecture out there that that's what led to his season-long back injury. Yep. And everything like that. And, you know, this defense, you know, we talked about it having concerns about depth at the various positions coming into training camp. But the way that these guys are playing, and not just the starters, but the projected second string guys, is giving us a lot to be excited about. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, if if you were to point a a a finger at any one position that still may have some question marks, I think it would be the obvious ones, which is safety and cornerback. I don't know if we have if we've had one you know really solidified person come out of either one of those positions, but for sure, uh, edge rusher, right? We're even safety. There's been a lot of praise for Vernon Scott, which has surprised me, pleasantly surprised me, but. He's been getting a lot of attention on Twitter, at least. Yeah, I mean, and and there's there's names calling, and I agree with that. I think that that 
there have been names called out like that. I just I don't know if there's been one that stepped up that's gonna be like, yeah, that's for sure our number three guy. Um, and granted, I, I maybe we don't have that for um, the edge rusher number three, but we definitely have a healthy competition in Kingsley and Gabare and and um, Kobe Kobe Jones, right? He's Kobe he's stepping up. Jonathan Garvin has been playing really well too. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 it, it, so. You know, when it comes to safety, kind of just kind of feels like maybe Vernon Scott is is the best of a bad situation, or he's actually good, and, and we'll wait to see that. Uh, but there's really it doesn't seem like too many people are are competing for that job with him. It just kind of seems like him and then everyone else. And then cornerback, you know, we've heard good things about Shamar Jean Charles, but you know Rico Gafford, who we were kind of hoping would be the guy, got burnt bad against the 49ers. So we're kind of pausing our expectations on him. Uh, but you, we're, it's a wait and see game for those two positions. But I mean, yeah, this 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 team, we're seeing a lot of guys step up at those positions and 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 at least make it interesting for that. Like we just talked about the the third or fourth string linebacker that is inside linebacker that's going crazy right now. The edge linebacker that's going crazy right now. Um, it's, it's it's really exciting to see these, these these position battles develop and and how they play over the next two preseason games and then see who makes the fifty three. So that's the D. Very exciting stuff. Now, on the offense, we had a very interesting video pop up where Romeo Dubs absolutely torched the New Orleans Saints defense. Just smoked them. Yep. And, you know, that was very exciting and all. But one thing that a lot of people are neglecting when they're like whoa watch this video is that he dropped the ball dropped it aaron Rodgers put that ball into his hands perfectly it would have been a 70 yard touchdown reception and he dropped it now i'm not gonna sit here and say that he is terrible that we shouldn't stop being excited about him but i think we also need to understand that this is a rookie wide receiver he's a fourth round pick we need to temper our expectations just a little bit i think that he's going to be a huge contributor this season but he's also going to need he's also going to need some learning time and he's going to have to break some bad habits and he's going to have to solve this drop issue but you know who else had a drop issue their first two years in the NFL? Number Devontae 17. Adams, number 17. So I'm not giving up on him. I'm just saying, Packers fans, when he drops a few passes, don't say that you didn't know it, was, it wasn't going to happen because it is. That being said, he's also going to make some exciting plays. And that speed is going to give him a lot of opportunities. The important thing for him is to not lose the trust of Aaron Rodgers. I think the biggest thing right now for for this team, though, and 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 Packer fans, you know, we're going to be the the biggest you know um, uh, culprits of this. But we are in a win now mode until Aaron Rodgers retires, and and, and honestly, it could be any year now. Any Aaron Rodgers. I feel like if 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 one of two things happen, right? If Green Bay just has an abysmal year, 500 record, miss the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers hangs it up, says I don't want to do this anymore. 
Green Bay wins the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers hangs it up and doesn't want to do this anymore, right? If we go to the playoffs and lose in the first round, lose in the second round, I think it's a toss-up. That's just my my prediction, right? So because we we it figures to be in that type of scenario where it's where it's you know go 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 home or or, or nothing with Aaron Rodgers the last few years is gonna be is gonna be you know who can help us win this year right now? Who who's gonna help us do it now, right here, right now? And I think a lot of players are thinking, or a lot of fans are thinking that Romeo Dubs could be that guy. I mean, I saw an article the other day about how Romeo Dubs could be number one wide receiver in the, on the team this year. I'm not going to rule that out. I'm not going to say that it's you know not possible, but I'm, I, I think that it's you know, like you said, maybe temper expectations a little bit. Um, but with all that being said, I think that that Romeo Dubs can realistically help us win a Super Bowl this year. I, I genuinely think he can. Um, I think he can too. But Aaron Rodgers did say something today that was incredibly telling. The The media asked him if he had uh, a tear in his mind of how to rank the Packers wide receivers right now. And he said, Alan Lazard, wide receiver one, Randall Cobb, something about being one of the best slot receivers in, in the game. And Sammy Watkins. You mentioned a fourth one. I don't remember who it, who it was. I think it may have been Amari Rogers or or one of – it was someone who is, is returning. But he said after that, it's up for grabs because he is so – he was so angry at the rookies today for the drops, for running the wrong route, and everything like that. And again, this is all learning. This is preseason. But we all know that it takes a while to earn Aaron Rodgers' confidence. And if either Dubs or Watson are going to have big contributions this year, they need to figure this out. Because right after that, Roger said, you know, realistically, I'm thinking that both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon get 50 targets apiece. Oh, that's, 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 I think that's locked up. You know, that's, that's, no matter how well, rookies do it, that's going to be the Aaron thing. Jones, but Aaron Jones has had close, he had 52 receptions last year and almost 50 in each season the last two years. So it's a, it's a given for Aaron Jones. But Aaron Rodgers threw the ball about 530 times last year. So we're so the way he's thinking, about 20% of passing plays are going to go to the running backs. Which I think is both by design because they are talented, but also, you know, maybe not many better options. And uh, to add on to what you just said, you know, Christian Watson is, is behind the game right now. He had those few weeks off because of the knee surgery. He's, he's back now, obviously, off the pup list and practicing, but – we haven't seen him yet in, in a real-life scenario yet. We've, we've seen him in, in joint practices, and I don't know how much he did or didn't do today. Um, but, you know, we I, I do I do think that, that tempering our expectations is smart for these rookies. But, um, you know, it, they're in a situation. that They're, they're in a, a golden situation to play with a Hall of Fame-level quarterback. And for the most part, right, I'm not going to – I'm not in any way going to say – the wide receiver position is up to, up for grabs because that's just disrespectful to, you know, Al Lazard. However, I think that it is more up for grabs than any other contending 
Super Bowl team in, in, in the NFL. And I think Green Bay still is a contending Super Bowl team. So go out and make your plays as a rookie this year and, and contribute to something special. And, um, you know, I think we got the guys to do it. But I think that Alan Lazard is going to open a lot of eyes this year. I mean, we're talking about a guy who led the NFL in passer rating when targeted last year. In the year before, Rodgers had a passer rating of 124 when targeting Lazard. And obviously, he didn't target him more because we had Devontae Adams, who also was way up there in passer rating. And I'm not trying to say that Alan Lazard is going to be your Devontae Adams or that he's going to get Devontae Adams' volume of targets in the passing game. But I think that he's going to surprise a lot of people. I do think he's going to have a 1,000-yard season. I think he's going to have double-digit touchdowns. And the fact of the matter is, is that he also gets down into the into the trenches and does all the blocking and everything that the Packers want him to do. It took the Packers a while to come to an agreement with him on his restricted free agent tender. And I really hope that they can afford him after this year because I think he's going to have a great year. Yeah, the salary cap is going to explode, explode after this season. It's going to explode probably for the next couple of years, to be honest with you. And and throwing some money at that wide receiver position, whether it's you know keeping Alan Lazard in or, or bringing some some if, if Aaron Rodgers stays, you, you know and and we don't win the Super Bowl this year, I, I do think that you know they're gonna maybe look at some reinforcements for that wide receiver position and, and throw some money at it like we maybe didn't have um, this year. But at the same in the same breath, you know next season is is really the year that you got to start thinking about paying. Elton Jenkins and extending Adrian Amos. Those are kind of your two big guys. And then on top of that, making Rashawn Gary the highest paid, uh, you know, edge rusher in the NFL. So well, there, there's a few dominoes gonna, that have to fall. I don't think he he's going to be the highest paid edge rusher. I mean, you really don't expect him to make more than T.J. Watt. We'll see. I mean, this year, I I'm I'm all in on Rashawn Gary. I'm not going to say he has 20 sacks, but I think he could contend, seriously contend for Defensive Player of the Year. And because oh, he's so young, agree. he's gonna he's gonna call for and demand for that that, that big a big extension. I think he deserves a hundred million dollar extension, but I need to see him put up a T.J. Watt type season before I say let's pay him more money than T.J. Watt. Just That's fair. Saying. That's fair. Um, so on, uh, looking at the offense still, uh, the offensive line, you know, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of hard to tell in these practices with everything because they can't sack the quarterback and everything. But from what I saw on Twitter, there was no, there, there was really nothing on the offensive line. And that's a good thing because, you know, those are the type of players where if you see their name a lot on social media it's because they're doing something bad or they're not really effective at all and so the fact that i didn't see any anything from them i took as a good sign because they're doing their job it's yeah really and, interesting. and you had brought up elton jenkins coming back on how that affects the dynamic of the line because that guy can play anywhere yep 100 percent and, and and anywhere kind of being right tackle because I think that's Green that's Green Bay's worst position on the offensive line and and how beneficial it is to just be able to plug and play probably your best offensive lineman 
Um, you know, when both healthy, maybe David Bakhtiari is a better left tackle than Elton Jenkins is just overall offensive lineman. However, right, well, that's not where we are right now. And Elton Jenkins is by far our best offensive line. I mean, lineman and just be able to plug him in where we need him, AKA right tackle changes the whole dynamic of this offensive line. Um, and then just, just quick caveat, right, right to, uh, um, see what, what you, or what you're talking about with our offensive line, no, nothing really their fault. Our defensive line was getting after the Saints offensive line on a consistent basis, and they have a darn good offensive line in New Orleans. So just want to I'm just gonna be a dead horse one more time that this defense is legit. That defensive line is gonna go crazy. Yeah, I think that the Packers are gonna win the division, of course, this year. Yep. And I think that the story of the team is gonna be the defense. You know, they, they always say defense wins championships. And this is the best Packers defense, at least on paper, that I have seen in a long, long time. Yep. And so I'm very, very excited about the potential for that. Well, the Brewers and Dodgers are, <laughs> man... I think we saw that at the same the same time. Dodgers lead four three. Yeah. Top of the top of the eleventh. It's rough. Oh, it's just getting to a point where I'm just so dejected. You know, we talked about tampering expectations about Romeo Dubs. Let's start to tamper our expectations of the Brewers because I think the less that we hope, the less it will hurt. Yeah, and and it's so unfortunate because I think right before the Josh Hader trade. I think most Brewer fans, we had the, the, you know, hope that we, we've been heartbroken, uh, nothing but heartbreak for Brewers fans. So, so we understood that, right? But we thought that, you know, if there ever were, was a season to end the heartbreak, that this could have been it, right? Prior to the, the, uh, the, 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 the Josh Hader trade, and and I think that in, you know, the 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 naysayers that were there were saying, hey, we need another bat or two, and I think they were right. I think that we do need. We did need another bat or two to, to, you know, really maybe get us over the hump and, and have a real chance at, at um, being a, a pennant contender. But, I mean, now just, just you know, trading away Josh Hader, making multiple trades and not really getting any bats, at least immediate bats. Are, it's just, you're right, it's dejected. We're not going to be in, in the Dodgers league. We're not going to be, I mean, as of right now, we're not in the Cardinals league. And then, you know, I get that the, the twins are on a spiral and, and I get it. But right now we're not even in the, the, the Yankees or the Astros of, of the AL League. It's just it's just frustrating to see. And, and you know, when is it going to be our turn as Brewers fans? When is it going to be our turn? Probably never. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Got to temper those expectations, McQuaid. We will never win a World Series. And that way, if we do, it'll be even better. All right. Cannot wait. That has been really all there is to talk about in Wisconsin sports. Kind of a slow week. If you want any more Wisconsin sports updates, especially with analysis of roster moves for the Packers and what is going down in the minors with the Brewers, there's some good news down there. Jackson Churio was just named the number eight overall prospect in baseball by ESPN. So that's cool. We got some great prospects down in Nashville. We also have a great team of writers at Wisconsin Sports Rogues who are covering the Brewers, the Packers, and the Bucks, as well as the Badgers and Marquette. 
So make sure you head over to wisconsinsportsheroics.com and check out everything that we have to offer there because it is good stuff. I'm Robin. Not only you can follow me at the other Robin19 on Twitter. Find my stuff over at Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. And you can find me at underscore, excuse me, McQuaid W. Arnold on Twitter. You can also find all of my work on Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. Go check out our Facebook page, WisconsinSportsHeroics.com, or excuse me, Wisconsin Sports Heroics Facebook page. We're going to have all of our content posted to that every single day. Usually on the hour, we're going to have an article posted. And on top of everything Robin just said, right, we are now covering high school sports in Wisconsin. We have consistent articles coming out, coming out about that daily. And it is extremely exciting stuff to see these, these, uh, these high school athletes and, and, and what they can do and, and kind of get the layout of, of the Wisconsin athletics at the high school level uh, and who's going to compete for state championships. So go check it out. And, of course, please remember that starting August 31st, when it's a Wednesday, every Wednesday night during the Packers football season, McQuaid and I will be hosting the Graveyard Shift with Gilbert Brown, which will be a special weekly episode of this podcast where we will talk football, life, music, movies, and really about anything with Gilbert Brown, Packers Hall of Famer. All right, everyone. Until next time, see you later.